Flint is a very peculiar day. Ash Wednesday. We come together and get smudged on our forehead. We speak of the outward piety to stay away from it, and yet we do it, right? People come far and near. There are people who show up to Ash Wednesday who won't show up to Easter, to Christmas, but they have to be here to get that symbol on their forehead. And I think, I think it's because we inwardly long for the truth. And I think we know that most of our days we hear lies. Our culture is built on consumerism. Our culture is built on scarcity. You can't listen to the radio, read a magazine, read the newspaper, go on the internet without someone telling you, you are not enough. However, if you buy my product, you will be enough and your life will be great and all people will envy you, right? These types of lies distract us. They distract us from being present with the lives that we have and the fact that our time is short. A musical Rent famously has that song about how many minutes in a life, right? How many minutes in a year? Everybody gets the same many amount of minutes, right? So the question is how will we use them? How will we spend our time? Most of the time, we have a yardstick that we use to measure our lives that's given to us by somebody else. That doesn't represent who Christ is and the life that he lived. And so we tend to do peculiar practices, right? We, we think of Lent as an exercise regimen, right? Or we say, I want to lose 20 pounds by the end of Lent, right? And we decide that we're going to become, you know, some sort of better versions of ourselves, right? The thing is, though, that's not the point of Lent. The point of Lent is not to become a better version of ourselves. It's to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. When we use someone else's yardstick, again, we're going into Christian consumerism. We're going we're to get that book. We're going to pray exactly that way, and we're going to see what God's going to do for us by the end of praying, you know, for all those days, 40 days and 40 nights in this way. Now, frankly, I could go in my office tomorrow and write up something and, you know, try and make a fundraiser here, and people would buy it. But secretly, we want to reject that because I think we know it doesn't work. We want the truth. And the truth is that a life worth living for people of faith takes the form and likeness of Jesus Christ. His service, his love, his presence to everyone, his equal treatment of all people. Those are the things that make our life meaningful. So if we can engage in 
practices that allow us to be open to God's transformative hand, then we could, hopefully, by the end of Lent, look more like Christ, be more like Christ. We get involved in our choices of what we're going to give up, what we're going to take on. And these are good practices. And we can't be locked in by them either. It's interesting, years ago, when I was doing campus ministry, I, I had an occasion to talk to a Muslim neighbor who went to the neighboring mosque. And Ramadan and Lent coincided for a couple of weeks. And so we were sort of comparing notes. And I'm always astonished that folks will give up food and drink for all the sunlit hours of the day, right? And then finally break the fast at a certain point after the sun goes down and you've said your prayers. She said, well, it's, it's kind of, it's, for us it's easier because it's just the one thing, right? We, that's all we do, we just give these things up. And I was like, okay. And then I, and she said, well, what about you and your students? What, what do you do? And I said, well, you know, people give up certain food things, they take on prayer, what have you. Um, lately, some of my students have been giving up more things on the internet, like Facebook. Her face blanched. And she said, I could never do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> right? it's all about context, right? Whatever it is that we do lay aside, the idea is for us to look at that and the rest of our lives and see what is inhibiting us from being more Christ-like or the stumbling block that we're putting in front of someone else and their relationship with God. That's why in our confessions we get sort of both the macro confession of all the isms, right, and all the things that we as a human race do to one another to create suffering, and then we get very particular for our own selves and our own failures. And we have to do that because life is lived both as a people and also as an individual. When we look at our lives, when we look at the minutes given to us in the day, how do we spend those days? It is about judgment, but it's not about being judgmental, if we can parse those two things out. Judgment is about evaluating our decisions and deciding what's working and not. If we can look with that lens of truth at our lives, then we will be open enough for God to transform us into the likeness of Christ. If we're present, if we open this gift of Lent and be present with our lives, God will use us to be repairers of the breach, those who break the yoke, those who help our neighbor but we have to take the time to focus. One of my mentors used to jokingly on Ash Wednesday 
to get people's attention and also call us to evaluate our own lives. He used to wish his congregation a miserable Lent. <laughs> I don't want to wish you a miserable Lent. I wish you a Lent of presence. A Lent where you can be present with your lives and the lives of the world around you. When we see clearly the truth, who we are, what the world is, and who Christ is, then we will have a meaningful Lent. And that's what I wish for you all. Amen.